This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host, Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes, you are. Uh, each week we get together, we talk about cars, motorsport, F1, car, what else? Cars? Cars, cars, cars. cars, cars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on youtube.com forward slash Behind the Glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony, if people want to support this podcast, what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> <laughs> but also head to Patreon. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Before we start today's episode, a quick update from one of our sponsors, Active Digital. If you've been listening in recent weeks, hopefully you've heard about them. But Active Digital are a business mobile provider, an award-winning business mobile provider. They've been providing mobile and digital solutions for over two decades. As an Apple reseller, Active Digital provides mobile devices, iOS apps, and cloud services to UK organizations, including the GB Olympic teams. Well, they literally just text me because they picked the winner of the AirPods giveaway that they were running as part of the sponsorship of this podcast and the winner is that's a drum roll Tom Roberts congratulations Tom if you drop me an email at info at seenthroughglass.com I will link you in with the Active Digital team and you can claim those AirPods huge thanks to Active Digital for sponsoring the podcast in recent weeks if you want to find out anything more about them I'll put a link to their website and their YouTube channel below for now let's crack on with the episode I don't really know where to start today well, I was expecting an intro. No. <laughs> We've literally just recorded the new generic intro. That that would have just played out. Oh. That uh, thing we just did. Yeah, I, yeah. I get it now. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to what I think I'm going to call season four of the podcast. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I haven't really decided yet, but it feels like a new era for Behind the Glass, including a new intro, which you would have just heard. Yeah, which, which yeah. I thought was coming again now. No, so <laughs> the whole point that we recorded that, Tony, was that it will play it automatically at the start of each episode, saves us having to do it, saves me messing it up, and hopefully will be less annoying for people. I feel like they're going to get really sick of that generic intro now, but 
It needs to happen because people sometimes, some of you might be new listeners. But they can, uh, if we pre-record it. If they can it, skip it by. Correct. S- well done. That's clever, isn't it? Mm. Well, anyway, welcome. Uh, and if you're watching here on YouTube, uh, welcome to STGHQ. The first time we've recorded an episode in my new studio. Yeah, like a little, it's like a little bunker. Is it as cold as you thought it was going to be? No, no, no. It's not, it's, it's, I mean. It's not bad, right? It's not that cold outside though. I no, mean, got yeah. Jump on. I think in the deepest, darkest winter. You're going to be pretty miserable, but I, I'm looking into that. Still a bit of work to be done. Like This isn't the final incarnation. I'm not convinced that this is exactly where we're going to record the podcast within the studio each week. More on that soon. Patrons, you're going to find out a lot more about that very soon. But um, yeah, it's like, it's good. We're here. The Abarth is here. 996 is here. <laughs> do not even Can I go in on that? No, do not. I, honestly, <laughs> I'm going to be... I, ever since I've bought that 911... Tony has not stopped giving me a hard time and I, oh, I'm almost not in the mood for it today. Like I almost do not want to talk to you because I just know you're going to rile me up. Um, but yeah, it's an exciting new era, exciting new chapter. Lovely. H- huge thanks to the patrons who basically made this whole place possible. Without them, we wouldn't be in this studio. And so whilst I, yeah, as I admit, I'm going to do a bit of soundproofing. So those of you that are listening might think it's a tiny bit echoey today. Don't worry, that's being worked on. I've got a lot of soundproof. It's very expensive soundproofing, by the way. Oh yeah, we just did a oh few more God. patrons just get some heating. Yeah, and some heating for Tony. <laughs> to start a separate patron just to heat your yeah. area. Set, go fund seats. me page up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, aside from the fact that there's a lot to talk about being in the studio and my two new cars that I have purchased since our last episode. Yeah. Wow. Um, there's a lot of car news to get through as well. So it's going to be a busy old uh, hectic episode. But before we get into what I've been up to, which is evident in the cars that sit behind us, what have you been doing, mate? Well, by the looks of things, you bought more cars than me in the yeah. last couple of weeks. <laughs> it's been quiet, has it? Oh, dead. Yeah, dead, yeah. yeah. Like, like lockdown one. I mean, it's just literally yeah. falling off a cliff again. But, yeah. You know, it, it is what it is. And, and we adjusted last time. And, and I'm sure many other businessmen out there done the same. We all expected another wave. It's here. We just deal with it. It's not like it was before. Um, and, and yeah, you just got to keep Head going, down and you? crack on, yeah, right? Yeah, Try yeah. and find a way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm keeping all my fingers crossed for you. Um, and uh, anything I do to help, let, let, let me know, of course. Oh, very good. Yeah, yeah very good. <laughs> but yeah, as we know, or as main channel viewers will know, uh, I've been busy buying cars. Um, you yeah. Yeah, I kind of, kind of got a bit crazy there. I don't really know what happened to me. <laughs> Vicky is very pissed off. <laughs> Literally keeps bringing it up. You're mad. What are you doing? Uh, but yeah, picked up this beautiful Abarth 505 Competent Journey, which, which I'm calling Project Biposto. It's going to be tearing it apart. Actually, some of those boxes back there on the shelves are parts for Project Preposto. So, yeah, that's coming soon. Uh, and then also the 911, the 996 40th anniversary. GT Silver? GT Silver, yeah. Like the Carrera GTs. All of them were GT Silver. So only a Porsche. You're a nerd like that. Because, oh, what, what colour is this? You knew straight away, didn't you? I did, yeah. Yeah, what geek. <laughs> okay, I'll let you have a minute. One minute. What do you think? No, I mean, it looks like a nice example. I mean, I, I mate, it's, it's difficult for me because I just like modern cars. I yeah. just don't, we, we, that's the only thing. We like similar cars, but you like shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I like modern stuff. So. Well, I like modern classics. Yeah. That's I'm, not SHIT. That's classic, all right. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> the 996s are uh, an interesting bunch of Porsches. They are, yeah. They, they do have their problems. They do, yes. Uh, as you say, I have lucked into to a pretty good example. Like, I mean, I didn't luck into it. We did a lot of research. Um, and uh, I was very much helped uh, in the purchasing of that car. Um, fifth Gen 911. I'm pretty sure that's his Instagram handle. I'll put it down below because I feel like I've got that wrong. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so it's a great car. But like all 996s, and a bit like with 360s, we spoke about this before, I think a couple of weeks ago. 
when the cars are cheap, they like people overlook some maintenance. You know, especially the more expensive maintenance things do just do go wrong. It's a different yeah, era. yeah. Which is why I like modern cars because yeah. in general they don't. But yeah, good point. I mean, things like, for example, on, on the nine hundred sixties, things that go wrong a lot: the brake lines because they were made basically from copper, so they just yeah, yeah. corrode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not a thing, is it? Not really, not anymore. <laughs> I mean, you, no, no, like, no, no, How could you have brake lines for a car that corrode? Yeah. So you're just going down the street and going into a roundabout. Oh, no, sorry, your brakes are gone, mate. Yeah. There's so, loads of things, mate, that, yeah. that, you know. We forget I, over time how much the car industry has moved forward. In quite a short time, 2004 that's from. Last 10 years, really, really, really big jump in terms of um, development and performance. and, and, and Everyday reliability. Yeah, like, mm. like you know, again, we go, like, we go back to it with supercars and that. 10 and 12 years ago, they weren't really drivable on a daily basis. But now that, I mean, they're perfectly good, mate. It's mad. I yeah. mean, you can theoretically jump into most of them day in, day out, mm. um, which is which is cool to see. So, you know, uh, that is a great car. It's a great example. A little tiny bit of tweaking on those sort of things that I mentioned to be done. And then I'm going to be out and about in it much more often uh, and having fun and, and putting my middle finger up to you. <laughs> no, no, it's a, ni- it's a nice example. And it looks, it doesn't. You hate you know, it. N- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you're trying to be all like PC about it. Oh, he walked in today and went, what is that? <laughs> well, you just wait until I have the 360 and the 996 together and oh, I'll be no. doing laps around you and your non-existent GT3 RS. <laughs> I could literally run faster than them two cars. <laughs> I wonder if the Abarth is faster than both. There wouldn't be a lot in it. There wouldn't be a lot in it. <laughs> Which is slightly concerning. Uh, now, I've just had a video go live today to, to reveal the date that we're recording. Uh, I've just had my Yaris, G, or GR Yaris review go live. And oh, a you lot have? Of, yeah, a lot of people are harassing me, saying, am I going to swap the Abarth for the... Just to come out, no, no, because I'm so excited by Project Proposto. I've got plans, I've got ideas for it. Once I sell the Abarth, once I've completed Proposto, done all the things I want to do with it and sell it, then fine, maybe I'd get a GR Yaris to replace it because it's that good. But I'm not like, oh, I need that car in my life. You've, dri- you've driven the Yaris then, right? Yeah, I drove it, drove it earlier this week. It, you like it? It's good? It's really good. You know, the problem which I had is I'm a douchebag. I like raw, crazy, silly, stupid cars that feel like they're going to kill you all the time. Impractical cars. And I thought because it's a homologation rally car, the Yaris was going to be a bit mental. It's actually just really good. For like a little tiny hatchback, it felt planted. I think the four-wheel drive in it, it feels really planted. The grip is insane. What does? Uh, what would you compare it to? What? Uh, that Megane Trophy R that I had. Really? Yeah. That's, that's, the, sort of that's the feel that I, I would compare it to. Where I think maybe in my head I wanted it to be a bit more 695 Proposto or the old the GP2 Mini, you know, they're really mental. Although, what's that golf club sport? What, uh, yeah, the club sport S. You know, just there's a little bit more silly. It's not like that. It's not silly. It's really good. Okay. Really, really good. It's like a serious car. Ser- yeah, seriously good. Developed at the Nürburgring. Oh, Was it? Well, no, by the rally team. It was developed by the Toyota uh, okay, World Rally Championship. It's a homologation car. Has it got drift mode? No, but it's got, because it's four-wheel drive, you get three different drive modes, and Sport sends 70% of the power to the rear wheels. Right. Which is nuts. But it's so much grip, it's actually quite hard to make it step out. I wonder how they've done that then. It must have a... Two limited slip discs. Car? 30, with all the bits, 35 grand or something. Oh, that's good value. If that's yeah. got that clever four-wheel... If that's a proper four-wheel drive... Proper four-wheel drive. You can two discs so in it. 60-40 is normal. 30-70 is sport. 50-50 track. Those are the three different dri- power deliverables that you yeah, can choose. Yeah. Two limited slip diffs. Mind you. Special <clears throat> race suspension. It, it, it is a lot of money for a little car. For a Toyota, yeah, for sure. But no, how no, much? No. Let's take Toyota out. It's a little. It's a lot of money for a little car. 
it, it's Fiesta ST, uh, Fiesta ST. Yeah, but how much is a Fiesta ST? 20, 21. Uh, and how much is a Megane RS 300? Not the trophy, just the normal RS. No, 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 that's, that's like focus size, mate. You can't, that's not comparable. No, but I, but I think performance, like, you've got to remember this is a, this is, okay, limited, they're making 25,000 of them. So <laughs> <laughs> homologation, like, the tech, the, everything that's gone into it, forget the size of it, like, what it is and what it represents, I think the money is kind of right. Manual only. Well, manual only. If he's got, like I said, if he's got them clever diffs, I mean, yeah, it's why it's a it's proper not serious bit of grand. kit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will they hold that money? Probably not. No, uh, not with that no, many. No, no, it's too many. It's twenty five thousand. Right, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, at which point when they're twenty five thousand, what a car! Yeah, anyway, or cool less. thing. Or less. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll just tumble down. But yeah, if, to answer the question, really, which is why I brought the point up, I'm not swapping my Abarth for, for one, um, but but very, very good car. Um, so let's move on to, to news, I suppose. News. Uh, there's been a lot. Things have been revealed. And actually, topical thing that we should probably talk about first, your, your, probably the, the car you're most excited about for 2022, I think. 2022 or 2021. Anyway. Golf R. Yeah, that's next. Uh, that's next year. Next year. Next. I, th- I, I, I think 2022? so. I, th- I thought it can't it was, be twenty twenty two. That's too far away. It's isn't too it? far. Yeah. Twenty twenty one. Sure. Must be twenty one. Must be next year. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, go far. It's coming. I mean, how excited are you? Three hundred and sixteen horsepower, drift mode. It's lighter. Yeah, I don't know. So I was speaking to Paul about this. Yes, literally yesterday, okay. briefly, and. They're normally the Golf R and the S3. They're normally the same. The new S3 is out. Yeah, agreed. And and, and obviously it's got the Quattro system. As far as I know, you can't have a drift mode on it. Paul was telling me that he thinks that the drift mode is standard on the new Golf R. I, I mean, think it. I think it is. I don't think it's an optional extra. Like um, the like the Focus RS. Yeah. Let me see. I'm just typing in drift. Oh, no, here we go. Performance upgrade package. Right, okay, fine. Okay, so the pack also brings two additional driving modes. Special, which has been configured for, wait for it, the Nürburgring. Yeah. Uh, and Drift, which Volkswagen said opens up a whole new level of driving dynamics. Okay, so let's, Carl's on the table, let's get this right about this Golf. It will definitely be the the best hot hatch in its range. As most Golfs are. As they always are. Yeah. Um... I, I, I fear that quite a lot of them are going to be crashed into trees. Because <laughs> as, as they often are. <laughs> as they often are, without the drift mode. Sure. Let, let, let's be honest, most people who buy Golf R's and S3's are yobs. <laughs> I mean, that's so aggressive. <laughs> I'm not going to agree or disagree. <laughs> but they do sometimes end up in the wrong hands, I'll give you that. Correct. Yeah. And they're going to end up on the wrong side of the road. Because do you not think non-yobs buy a GTI? No, 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 because I... I they don't. We had a forty odd year old man buy a golf R the other day, and he wasn't a yob. Are I mean, you sure? Maybe he was a secret yob. No, 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 no. He he was a really lovely, polite man. <laughs> okay. I, I want to say that That's in surprising. case he watches this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. He, you know, proper job. And sure. So there proper, are two- proper job. <laughs> What's a yob job? <laughs> don't know. Don't say it. I really don't want to get any more trouble. Oh, go on. Mugging Nance. No, come on. <laughs> Um, no, th- you know, I think yeah, there's, two, spe- there's yeah. two spectrums to people that buy golfs. And they, the louder, more lowered versions are often the yobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's uh, one of the most nicked cars in the country. Really? Golf R. Yeah, yeah. 
That's yeah, a player. Yeah. I didn't realise that. Yeah, it is. Because I always thought from, like, I really like the GTI because I think it's just a bit more, well, it's just fun. Like, it's, Golf R is proper. I mean, that's a proper bit of kit. finance deals on the Golf R. I mean, there's more Golf R's than there will be GTI's. Yeah, fair for point. For sure. But you get yeah. the nice interior on the GTI. That's why I really like it. Yeah, but do you there's like nice that? seats. That yeah, I love those seats. Yeah, see, that's so a lot cool. of people don't like that. Uh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I'm weird like that. Well, yeah, as you say, it's going to be great. It's probably going to go down that same path because it's a very accessible, not price point, but car. Like like for high performance, not 60s what? Sub five seconds, surely? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, be, yeah. Yeah, you be, know. yeah, four point something. Yeah, 4. Over 300 7. horsepower with drift mode. It's going to sell by the bucket load, yeah. surely. And then you get the reliability. You get the, is infotainment good in a Volkswagen? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you, you know what? That. You know what it is in a Volkswagen? It's very simple. Volkswagen infotainment systems. Everything's there's it's not easy, loads of, it's not yeah, overcomplicated. It's not overcomplicated. And tunable, I guess. That's the other thing, isn't it? Which is why the Yobs like them, because you can do stuff with them. Yeah, so I can't the, believe I've now joined your bandwagon <laughs> of calling people Yobs <laughs> and saying that all golf owners are Yobs. I, I love mate, I, well you know how much I love a golf art. That's I why think, I said you'd be I, excited. I think they're uh, and, and I'll, I'll probably get one because as a daily car Keep it under 40 grand though. Don't go over the 40 grand bracket because you get the higher tax bracket and okay. you pay the higher road tax, but you can so get it low under spec, basically. No. What do you mean? Just, I mean, you just put the right bits on them. Don't go, because I bet you can probably get that car to mid 40s, 46. Yeah. Well, it's going to cost from around the 40 grand mark. I mean, yeah. we haven't, prices haven't been announced yet. So, yeah. So you will no, you will be able to buy one with a, with a few options. Okay, for but just don't go grand. crazy, basically. Don't, go crazy don't do the carbon it. pack. Uh, no. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, now, interestingly, Autocar reporting that apparently Volkswagen are plotting a 400 horsepower Golf R Plus to rival the A45. So I get, and the RS3, it's basically an RS3, isn't it? I guess. Is well, that right? Five cylinder in it then? I don't know. But that's literally all they've said. I mean, I'm just literally reading this off the Autocar. Because you know that two, li- that two litre engine, the current Golf R? Yeah. You can easily tune them to 400 horsepower yeah. safely. Yeah, well, I, remember, I think the engine in the new one is just a revised version yeah. uh, of that existing I don't think engine. you'd want to be much more than 400, but I think you can safely tune them to 400 horsepower. I, yeah, well, we're interested to see. I mean, if they do a Golf R Plus again, that that would be very interesting. But 400 horsepower with drift mode, I'm mean, honestly. I mean, people crash pistas. Yeah, well, yes, £300 more. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what my reference point was there. I just thought I'd bring it up. Um, anyway, to go to the other end of the market, the other end of the car world, um, something that you might have missed, Tony, because it's not your scene. GTO Engineering, do you know of them? Ferrari no. specialists. No. They do, they do like, I wouldn't call it, um, uh, what's it called, resto mod Ferraris, but they, they do do sort of restoration plus maybe. And they've now come out and said that they're going to do their own. It's called the Moderna. And it is very much a resto mod, modern classic. It's like a their own version of a Ferrari 250 short wheelbase in the modern era. So you can have a V12 engine and sub a thousand kilos. Wow. But with modern components. How much? Oh, I think we're going to be talking millions. I'm not sure they've announced how much. Um, but I mean, lots. So it's based on a Ferrari and, and they just make it better. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, like aluminium and, and carbon chassis, carbon body parts, like a Singer. There we go. That's exactly it. That's the easiest way to do it. Is It's like, it's a Singer of a 250 short wheelbase Ferrari. Fair. So big money. But these guys really are pros. I went out a few years ago in Monterey. I went out in the, one of their 250 short wheelbases and it was amazing. I went out with one of their test drivers, like an ex-rally driver. The guy absolutely thrashed this thing. Did he? Oh my God. I was like, how are we, th- what is going on? 
but they're so clever to the point where they put their air conditioning units inside the gearbox housing. Oh. So if you're like at a Concours event, no one knows that it's not an original two short wheelbase because they hide it and it's so clever. So these guys really know what they're doing. So the fact that they're doing a sort of Resto Mod singer-esque project on a short wheelbase, I think is amazing, exciting. Looks beautiful for someone who's a real purist. Uh, a bit odd because there's some modern components on a classic body looking Ferrari, but I think it's exciting. Um, let's wait and see. American-based company. No, British. They're based, um, not Beaconsfield, but they're somewhere around oh, okay. here. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Proper, proper, proper people. Yeah. Proper people doing nice stuff. Um, some other news that came out. Uh, SSC, uh, your third favourite company, uh, doing a rerun of their high-speed record in the Tuatara. So they should. So they should. So we're going to find out uh, what's going on, just to update those of you uh, who want to know about uh, land-speed records. Ollie's driving? I don't know. No. Would you? If you were Ollie, would you drive again? Well, I don't know if we spoke about... I mean, Ollie obviously didn't know about what had gone on. It was a complete shock to Ollie as well. I spoke to Ollie briefly, oh, okay. and, and it was a complete shock. But um, yeah, I don't know whether I would. I mean, there's. I mean, you've got the actual risk factor, like f- life risk factor uh, yeah. of doing something like that. But secondly, you've got credibility to think about, right? Because if they now do that record run again and they hit two eight five, everyone's going to go. Oh. At which point, even if you had nothing to do with it, you're just the driver. There's still a yeah, I'd, I, I don't think... If I was him, I don't think I'd redo it. I think I'd say, sorry, guys. Uh, Thanks yeah. very much, but i got other stuff going on. Yeah, and then ring Bugatti. <laughs> <laughs> Insanely brave, though, if he does do it again for both of those reasons. Firstly, yeah. to, to attempt those speeds in a car on road tyres is nuts. Mm. And secondly, the the potential for risk of reputation. So I think, you know, it, whatever... Say, Shmi do it. <laughs> I don't think Shmi will do it. I don't think Shmi will be asked to do it. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think the world, yeah, yeah. the world will be watching. It's either the greatest PR stunt ever or the greatest PR blunder ever. They've either done this and they're going to come back and now they're going to go 318. What was the... 316? 316. Yeah, yeah, so now they're going to go faster and everyone will be like, oh my God. Or they're going to go much, much slower and it's going to be a disaster. Yeah. So let's wait and see. Speaking of records though, here is a record I know you're going to be very excited about. There's a new Nürburgring record. For what? The AMG GT four-door. Ah, beat the the Panamera? Beat the Panamera, Turbo S. Now, I would say that the AMG GT four-door has been one of the most overlooked cars of the last couple of years. Yeah. Just what happened to it? Like, do you remember all the furore when it came out? Oh my God, four-door AMG GT, this is nuts, this is amazing, what a thing. And Merck were hyping it like mad, it was everywhere. And well, you know why, don't you? Why? Because they do a CLS. 63. Well, the car kind of made it. Also, it's huge, that thing. Of there course. There are a couple dotted around London. I mean, literally a couple. And they are huge. Where does it, where does it fit in them? I mean, they do an S63, they do an S 63, a CLS 63, and this AMG 63. AMG GT 4-door 63 AMG. Yeah, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Longest name ever. Yeah. I agree. I don't understand. Why. It's a lot of money. It's clearly not sold well because this is a long way into their whole production cycle. Yeah. Why are they now suddenly going for that Nürburgring record? Odd. Because surely no one's buying it, so they thought, crap, let's try it. they're dropping the CLS 63, maybe, I don't know. I mean, they don't sell many of them either. It's a shame, because I think the, the idea of the car is cool, and it kind of looks cool, but it's too, just big. And as you say, why? Mm. Why would you not go and buy an E63? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, beat the Panamera. So it's impressive, but also who cares? Yeah, who cares? And and are we now of the line of thinking where these NH do we care less and less about these Nurburgring records? 
I certainly do. Yeah, I just, yeah, I mean, yeah. I looked at that as PR stunt. I looked at that, I said, I don't, I, on it, I think it's two seconds quicker than the Panamera around a, what, seven minute lap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, like, who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but mate, I, I don't really look into them anyway because no. I don't think they really mean, like, who cares? It is that you've got the fastest, it's not the fastest car. I mean, it's been proved so many times. But that's the thing is that Mercedes still think, okay, right, well, sales are struggling. What should we do? Let's go and get the record. But I don't think that's going to help. I don't, I don't think anyone's going to say, oh my God, now I need it. Yeah. Do you as, know what I mean? Yeah, especially on something like that. Has the, has the Black Series beat the record as well now? I don't know. Let's have a little look. Um, has I it think actually unconfirmed. Gone AMG, AMG GT Black Series Nürburgring time. I think they've done has um, broken the Nurburgring record, six, less than six minutes forty three. Um, it allegedly lapped the Green Hell in around six minutes forty three. Yeah. So that is an that's beating the SVJ six forty four. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the GT two. Yeah, but fast seven twenty. I mean, it makes sense. What a car, but yeah. Nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Small. Um. So yeah, AMG GT4 door, cool. If you wanted to know, it's now got the class record for, what must that be? Four door <laughs> sport saloon things. I have no idea. Saloon, it's saloon. It's a saloon, okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, tomorrow, bad timing for us recording today, our beloved Ferrari are launching a new car. Again? <gasps> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what now? Way to take the <laughs> air out of my balloon. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Again, oh yeah, good point actually. Um, now, I want to read you the invite because- uh, You're much, going? No, 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 no. Oh. It's an online launch. Uh, much speculation. Um, this is what it says. It says, beyond imagination. Oh no. Save the date. Ferrari is always pushing boundaries. Faster, more exciting, more powerful, more beautiful. Join us as we reveal the ultimate and most extreme expression of Ferrari driving. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. What do you think that says? It's a pack that's going on a car. Oh, if it's that, I will unsubscribe <laughs> from all future Ferrari emails. 
<laughs> I think that's 812 TDF or 812 GTO or whatever they're going to call it. Already? I think so. Mate, the... the, the, the wait. How uh, long has... 812's been out for a few two years. years. No. Two. When did yeah. I go to that launch? 18. Oh, yeah, 18. Well, that's nearly three years, mate, because this will be a 2021 production yeah, but, car, but, won't but, it? Car, but you didn't really start seeing F12s till 19, really. But do you not think because on the way is probably something hybrid and they're needing to r- rush things along? I think they're just, I think these manufacturers are just rushing things along anyway for these, for this emission locks. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, like, I think they're just churning the cars out. Yeah. I mean, it, it could be something as boring as SF90 Spider. Well, that was awkward. Yes, it was. It could be a track only car. I mean, if you read it faster, more exciting, more powerful, more beautiful. So we revealed the ultimate and most extreme expression of Ferrari driving. Now, this is a, this is a, a sort of wide email. This isn't a, I'd be surprised if it was a one-off. It could be a one-off. But I think this is a car. I don't think it's going to be the SUV because the SUV is not going to be the faster, most exciting, more powerful and more beautiful. They say this about every car. Ultimate though. and most extreme expression. I, I don't think that's going to be the SUV. I, 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 I will be amazed if it's that TDF. I'll be amazed, mate. Really? Honestly. Do you think it's a... It, no, because it's not going to be anything junior. It's not going to be a baby. It's not going to be like, the F8 modificata. Like, because it, it's, it's the most extreme expression of Ferrari driving. You think it's going to be track only? What, a, what, a track only car? Yeah. Is that what you think? <gasps> what if it's the new LaFerrari? I'm getting overexcited over here. Well, it's 10 years, mate. You've got another four years to wait. Yeah, if they even do it. Yeah. If they even do it. I well, want it to I be something amazing, but it's not going to be, is It's it? not going to be. I really hope you're wrong. I really hope tomorrow we're texting each other like mad going, this is the best thing to come out of Ferrari ever. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, new one. How much is it? But it's instead we're probably going to be going, oh God, what a disaster. It's the GTC4 Lusso Spider. Well, they stopped making it. I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I really But here's the new one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's beyond your imagination. You thought we'd stop making it, but we haven't. Yeah, it's like Zonda all over again. Oh, don't even start. <laughs> I mean, it could be. But anyway, intriguing. And I say really bad timing for us as Ferrari... I'm not, I was about to say ex-Ferrari passionators. Wow. But as Ferrari uh, lovers, uh, we should have really waited and recorded this tomorrow when we knew what to talk about. But it will make next week's episode exciting. It will, yeah. And the best thing is, I think we've got Paul Wallace with us next have week. We really? Yeah, let's talk I mean, a whole episode about Ferrari. He will literally just <laughs> kill himself. Finish him off. Yeah, finish him off. So yeah, watch this space. Uh, those of you that are listening, you may already know uh, what that car is and, and might be giggling to yourselves as to, <laughs> as to what we're saying. We will be. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then finally, to touch on uh, news, uh, Subaru have uh, announced their, their new updated BRZ, BRZ car is coming but apparently like that new nissan 400zz concept thing not coming to europe apparently so so we're just not going to get it That's well i'm not surprised nissan wouldn't bring a 350 or the 400z whatever it's going to go don't sell any no so i'm i'm guessing that means that brz or gt86 wasn't selling uh, in BRZ form, yeah, GT86, yeah, sure. Because if you, had, they're, they're the same car, but of course. the same factory. If you, if you had a choice between a Subaru or a Toyota, just for brand value, Go you'd have a Toyota. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone does. For so sure. it's kind of rare that you see the BRZ. It is really yeah. rare, yeah. So you know, I, I think it's a shame. I saw a few people were commenting saying, "Oh, um, oh, with the Yaris, or oh, another European car, we're not getting in America." Americans get Hellcats and things like that. Japanese get these special versions that we don't see. Vipers. Yeah, Vipers. I think it's right that countries have specific models and variants. You know, that, that's what it's all about, right? Like, Well, let's be honest. Our, our taste in cars is different to American as well. That's like, exactly there, it. There's quite a lot of cars that 
just wouldn't sell. Doesn't here. always cross over. No. I mean, the RS6 has now gone back to the US for the first time, hasn't it? After a big demand. Really? Yeah, yeah, because they, you know, they were all just big on trucks. They didn't. No one was buying wagons. Wagons suddenly became hot, hot, so hard right now. So it's gone back. So it's gone back, but you know, or maybe introduced for the first time actually. Um, but yeah, so so you know, different markets want and need different things. Yeah, of course. But because of the internet and social media, I think now we're all so much more aware of a lot of these special editions. We go, oh god, I really wish that came here. Um, but I think it's cool because when you go and visit these countries, you get to go experience. Yeah, of course. Cars that you know aren't yeah, always yeah. available in yours. Um, so I think it, I think it was cool to see. Now uh, Noah uh, Mystery, one of our patrons, uh, said something quite interesting uh, on the Patreon page recently. He wanted to ask about the 718 Cayman GTS 4.0. He's saying he thinks it's gone a bit under the radar, and I'd kind of agree with him, because uh, recently we found out the news that all of the 718 generation available PDK and manual, so you can go to GT4 with PDK now. That was very under the radar, I think. There really didn't, wasn't a lot of noise about that. But the GTS, I think, is quite... Uh, well... I think under the radar makes sense. It's almost like a sort of hidden secret in that Porsche range at the moment. Yeah, I I cannot work out why you'd order a manual one of them. A manual GTS came because is it not effectively a GT4 Touring? Correct. Because I mean, okay, you're not you're missing a little bit of the body kit and what some well you just just a, some it, suspension. If you're having a manual, just buy GT4. How much, it, what do you know? What the price difference is what 10, uh, 15 grand? It's not fifteen. No, okay. But but I bet it's 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 probably ten. Yeah, by the time you spec them up properly. Yeah, so. but a, G, a GT four is definitely going to be a better car than a than a GTS. You course. would assume so a million yeah. times over. But the fact that you can now get that four liter in a non GT four car. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I think it's interesting. I think he makes a good point though that it has kind of slipped under the radar. Yeah, I wouldn't buy a manual GTS personally. Me. In in any variant, in a in a nine eleven or a Boxster or a, or a Cayman, really? No, because at that point, just take because it is a yeah, because it's it it, it is still a road car, mm. like it's softer and I mean I I, I also <laughs> I also think that the GT four should be a PDK as well, although you kind of get away with it in the GT four because you know it's just that right power. Um, you know, it's the four four hundred or all. Yeah, I so want to try a PDK seven eighteen GT four because mm. obviously the long gearing it gets to you when you're in the in the manual GT four. You get one more gear as well. Obviously. Yeah, so I think it will change the driving characteristics, and I think you'll be able to actually because I find that engine a bit dirgy, that that mm. new seven eighteen engine a bit dirgy. But I think the PDK might bring it to life. But well, I don't know. Maybe you'll be able to. Yeah, and then there's also, an RS coming as well. There's an RS coming exactly. Oh. Oh, I wonder if I'm allowed to share this. Oh, I'm going to do it anyway. Okay, I, I'm not going to name the person who sent it to me. Um, but based on our chat a few weeks ago about a potential 992 Safari. Coming. Really? Yeah, remember, remember that chat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get this email from a guy, I'm not going to say his name, and he goes, this is top secret, but here is the release schedule for the next few years for Porsche. And this is uh, listed as SOS, start of sales, and POS, start of production. Now, <laughs> I could get in so much trouble for this, I have no idea. And as I say, I'm not saying the name if you sent it to me. But things that we know about, 992 GT3. Yep. So apparently- Next year. That's going to be yeah, confirmed in the January next year yep. uh, and cars to de- delivered or produced from, from March. So yeah, that, yeah. that, you know, by the, spring, the summer. May delivery, yeah. Yeah, and the GT3 Touring soon after that. Yeah. Potentially some kind of sport classic or some kind of heritage-esque car uh, towards the end of next year. 
because uh, I mean that's been a while since they've done one of them done one of those so some kind of you know yeah, yeah. anniversary-esque yeah. you know something yeah. GT4 RS as you mentioned yeah is that Su- next year summer, summer next year right, good with production September next year yeah now here are some interesting ones 992 Coupe Safari uh, end of 2022 that's in this production schedule very interesting I think McCann Three, so the new McCann with no turbos from mid next year. Um, so I, I heard the new McCann. Electric. The new, yeah, full electric. So that's what they're doing. So apparently there's going to be a, a reduced range of McCanns next year and then the electric's going to come in and okay. go from there. And that's up. Yeah, yeah. Um, 2022, I think we expect the new electric McCann. There we go. So... Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um... So yeah, I think I think super interesting. A 992 GTS. Uh, GT3 RS. Uh, no GT3 RS on this list actually. Interesting. That, that that will be that will get announced 2022. 2022. Uh, I would think, and then we might see it 2022, but it might be the start of yeah. 23. It's about five year cycle normally. Super interesting, I think. Yeah. Um, so it seems like Porsche are trying to really tap into, and you know what? It makes sense as they do more and more electric stuff. It would make sense for them to tap into some of their heritage. Because for us uh, aficionados, you know, passionate people, having a new version of a Safari is cool. We're going to get excited about that. The, yeah. the, and so you, we will allow the electrification of the rest of the range because they're still making these purest cars like Safaris, like Sport Classics, like Tourings, etc. Yeah, and and enjoy it while it lasts because it's not going to last forever. Yeah. This, this, this production of, you know, combustion engine cars, you know, in 20 years' time or less. I mean, Agreed. You know, we're not going to have these. And then... And then the, the thing that I haven't worked out is <clears throat> being a motor dealer as well. Obviously, I'm heavily invested in the in the industry. Um, are we going to be allowed to drive these cars, these these high performance petrol cars, in twenty years' time? I think. Oh well, I would hope yes, but yeah. I think the tax and the cost will be extortionate. I think it'll be thousands of pounds to tax them, insure them, using them. It'll be like congestion charge everywhere. You have to pay twenty quid a day just to take them out of your garage. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Well, let well let's be honest. Even in twenty forty, the cars are still going to be here. They're still going to be around. So the government, a little bit like diesel cars, they're not just suddenly going to say that two hundred and fifty thousand pound supercar is worthless. I mean, that's they, they're not going to do that. But at what point are they going to phase out? I know. Is it twenty sixty? Is it you know? We where are what? I mean, we're probably not well. We won't be around, but though I then. But is it is it going to be a generation thing where, say, like my daughter, will she only know electric cars? You know, she won't might not know. No, no, I'm with you, but also have like no desire. Like, why would it? It's the same way I feel about pre-war cars. I'm just a bit like, can't be asked learning how to drive. You bought quite a few. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that coming. I saw your brain whirring. (laughs) You're such a douchebag. But the thing is, you know, I'm like, I don't want to approach, I don't want to, you know, hand start it. And sometimes the pedals are in a different place or hand, you know, and I think that's what it will be like. I think in 50 years time, yeah. these will just seem archaic. Like, oh, what? You have to start an engine? You have to put fuel in it? Like, yeah. Just, what, you've got to change gear? What's that? So that was kind of also my thinking, especially with the 996, just to bring, <laughs> bring out my pre-war car. Um, I didn't want the turbo, even though the turbo is quite attractive and quite iconic, because I wanted a naturally aspirated engine as long as I can. Mm. Like, you know, like to celebrate what we've got, manual, yeah. like 
all these things. And there's a part of me that really wants to go out and buy a V12 at some point because I agree. I think at some point we're just not going to be able to. Dying breed. Yeah. Dying breed. You're not going to be allowed to take them out. But really, when you think about it, the next generation, the generation after, it's all they'll know. Yeah. They won't, like you said, what do you mean you have to start the car? And yeah. we'll be telling them, well, this is what you did 30 years ago. There we go. So That's exactly it. It's always going to be, I'll jump into my electric McCann and off I go, or somebody else's it, electric McCann. Yeah. Autonomous driving. Um, so yeah, that was a bit depressing. Um, <laughs> but let's watch this space. And thank you very much to the man you know who you are who sent us that uh, probably very secretive Porsche release schedule. A uh, little insight, well, like little exclusive. Porsche, you just got him sacked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mention his name. I didn't okay. mention his name. Or her. Or her name. Sorry, I gave away too much. <laughs> Damn it. Unless uh, they're the only people in the whole of the world that know that information. Is, then we're screwed. <laughs> um, so let's move on finally to today's kind of top topic, uh, which was uh, another article that I noticed online. Uh, used cars that theoretically won't lose any money. Something that we talk about quite often, I think. We do, yeah. But I'm not talking about, because I think a lot of time people think of new cars. Oh, I'm going to go buy myself a Hurricane Performante because I won't lose any money. For but actually, at the opposite end of the market, <laughs> looking behind you, there are some great cars you can get that you could or should be able to run for a few years and not see a huge dent in your wallet if you buy well and sensibly. Okay. And then you've got the huge maintenance cost that you wouldn't have a modern car. Well, do you? So, let's go through a few examples that were listed online. Also, maybe you can suggest some. So, take, for example, an MX-5. Yeah, they are bulletproof, to be fair. Bulletproof, if, yeah. you, buy, if you buy well. Yeah, yeah. What? Sub five grand. Maybe five, if you're buying a really, really good one. Yeah, yeah. Parts are relatively cheap. You can get it worked on anyway. You can potentially do the work yourself. And if you buy at four grand, a really nice one, and put five or 10,000 miles on it over a couple of years, you could probably sell it for four grand in two years' time. Yeah, I, I, I think you've got to be, if you're going to drive around in a cheap car, I think you've got to be at the real low end of the market. You, I don't think, unless you sell it yourself, you can't buy a car for an, unless you buy it cheap in the first place, um, but then often cheap for a reason. Um, because a lot of people do forget you have the dealer margin. So if you buy a car that you think you're not going to lose any money for, say, and then and then you think, I'll drive it for two years and I'm going to part exchange it for a new one. Well, a dealer's not going to give you market value, is he? He's going to give you trade value. And on some of the older stuff, he's not even going to want it. Yeah, I mean, so you've got to remember the, yeah, the buying and selling and the cost of running it over that time. It's not free miles, but it's limiting the, or, or, or trying to avoid that depreciation, trying to, you know, avoid l big chunks of losing money. Because if you go out and buy yourself a brand new spec up Golf R at 43 grand, you are going to lose a chunk of money. For sure. But if you actually went out and bought yourself, for example, one of my favourite cars, Mark IV Golf R32, <gasps> you probably aren't going to lose that much money. But there's a very, very good chance it's going to blow up. <laughs> but you would say that. No, no, no. You say that about every car that's not two years old. No, but that's true. But that is true, mate. That you know, that's the you know, when something goes wrong on some of these cars, M3s, the, the the say the V8 one. Yeah. Okay. So they the depreciation on them isn't that great now. Like they kind of leveled out, sort of fifteen, twenty grand. Twenty grand, you'll get a really nice one, low, low mileage one. But if that shits itself which it will, they do, that's a fortune to fix. I mean, this I could reel off so many problems that them cards have. Good point. And I think you've got to look at engine, parts, all those different elements. But I'm going to blow smoke up my own bum right now because that, Abarth, 595, not even the competition journey, but definitely the competition journey, 
they've all settled at around, for the last couple of years, this latest generation, 16 to 20 grand. And they just sit there, depending on mileage, whatever it might. So if you buy well at a good point and you look after it, I think in a couple of years' time, okay, you might lose a grand, 500 quid, depending on how and where you buy it from, etc. You'll lose something. You'll yeah. lose a little bit. The difference between that, mate, is that, that that's still modern. Yeah, okay. You know, it's not, it's not an old 20 years old. So if you Why are you looking down, at the 911? <laughs> 20 years old. <laughs> so if you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're buying something, you know, I, I know people that buy literally 500, 1,000 pound, 1,500 pound cars and they drive them until they blow up. Then just Ivan the Volvo. Same Ivan thing. the Volvo. You're only ever going to lose 500 quid. Fair. So, but, but, and as well, anyone can sell a 500 quid car or a, I would say a sub 500 pound, five grand car. So, you know, anyone would be happy to come on your driveway and give you 5,000 pound for a car as long as it's reasonable and it works, blah, 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 blah. But when you're getting up into the 10s, the 15s, the 20s, they then want, Warranties, and they'll want to part exchange their car, service and finance, and so <laughs> and it's not been written off. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you know. Well, do you remember a little car that that we actually dabbled with a few years ago, the Clio One Eight Two Trophy? Yeah. Because at the time, you just ripped me apart for that car, and I said, "This is a future classic, mate. Keep an eye on this." You're going to be wishing we never sold it. We should actually just keep this as an investment, <laughs> but we gave it away as a competition. Um, now, I think there are a few future classics still out there. And if you look at, for example, Evo's uh, Tommy Mackinac editions. They're a fortune. Mate, I started talking about them about three years ago and they were 15 grand. Yeah. They're 40 now. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I think at the top end of the market, Pistas and Hurricane, like that's really struggling. But I think modern classics are still doing pretty well. And there are a handful out there of niche little quirky cars. And, and I'm just going to fly that flag again. Golf R32 like little bits and bobs like that that are just starting to creep up ever so slightly over the last few years, Tommy Mackinac, whatever it might be, that you can find yourself in and actually potentially make a bit of money on. Well, have you seen um, have you seen 205 Peugeot GTIs? No, don't I even. mean, what? they are a fortune. Really? Now, mate, honestly, I, I had a couple of them at 1.6 and I had a 1.9 when I was younger, obviously. Yeah. It blew up. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, I paid like a grand or fifteen hundred quid for them or whatever. Sure, a uh, 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 one with like eighty, ninety, hundred thousand miles. They're eight or nine grand now. No, yes, it's like um that R twenty six R that I drove the other day. They're basically still list twenty twenty odd grand. You know, for an old that was what fifteen year old. But you can't buy one of them. Like that's no good because they do have their problems. Them cars. Oh really? Yeah, I mean they catch the the bonnets catch fire for mm. for start for one. The Ca- turbo gets casual. too hot and it Oops. catches fire. But there's other there's other. I wouldn't advise if someone wants free motoring or very very cheap motoring, and they don't care what they drive, go and buy something for sub five grand, and you're never ever ever gonna be. The wrong way. Could you find like a Gen 1 sub five grand Boxster? Yes. Just to fly the Porsche flag. Yes. But I think that could also ruin you because then the parts are very expensive. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem. That's why you want something that's almost like German or, or something you know, with there's lots of parts. Like, uh, I'm just going to blow smoke up my ass again. The Abarth, it's all Fiat parts. Yeah. So, you know, it's easy to fix when things go wrong. Yeah. Theoretically. Yeah. So you want something which is kind of simple, fun but simple, which is why I think MX5 is a kind of great shout. Because Mazda and parts, like it's all relatively bolt on, bolt off. Yeah. There's quite a lot of cars like that, mate, that are, you know, they're kind of around that 10, 12 grand mark 
There's some BMWs out there, M little M BMWs mm-hmm. out there, one three five I. You'll lose a couple of grand on it or whatever, but you're not gonna you're not gonna do your your brains. Yeah. If like so I think my shout would be, I'm just gonna put it out there, I'm gonna say a good Golf R thirty two, even even if you tell me they're gonna go horribly wrong. I think that is great motoring at a relatively cheap price, and I think you're gonna get out of it all right. What would your go to for ch- yeah? Well, let's say sub fifteen grand, not depreciation depreciation less, but low cost. Like, you, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So so m- mine would be a a Golf R or something like oh, that. Oh really? Yeah yeah. Because which gen? I can't think. Uh, You're like not a get- Mark Six or, okay. or on uh, yeah, probably a Mark Six or an early Mark Seven. Don't get to one with too many miles, but. You know, with forty or fifty thousand miles on them, even if they go wrong, they're not terminal. Engine and gearboxes are mm-hmm. okay. The suspension's all right. You're, you're only you're never ever gonna be. It's never gonna be worth ten grand. Or you, do you know sure, what I mean? Sure, it's gonna sit pretty solid. It's gonna sit pretty solid. And what yeah. car? And, and what a car? Except still, Tony will call you a yob if he sees. <laughs> <you. laughs> it's still fairly modern. Yeah. But if you want to go the other end of the scale, you know what is a really good car? Go on, if you're surprise gonna go, me. Really, 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 really cheap. Suzuki Swift. The Mark. Uh, what's the, what's the the Focus? Is it the Mark? Two? Focus RS. No, 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 oh. no, 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 no. They've got their creeping up is as it, well. Is it the Mark One or the Mark Two Focus? Like the early ones, like the two thousand and two. You know that that sort of era. The bubbly, like the the big the, ones or the, the really small. The, the, the bubbly. No, no, the, the small one. The Mark first, 1, the yeah, first the Mark one. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark that 1 is, Focus. But but the, those RSs are really creeping up in value. And that's another car that... But that's going to be like a, like a Golf R32, mate. They, you know, they are a few quid to fix still. Okay. But if you want a cheap, grand car that's actually still quite... Pretty fun, decent. Pretty decent. Fairly modern. I mean, it is old. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean... That's what I, I mean, that's a cheap... Well, there we go. Consumer advice. Oh, yeah, look, yeah. look at us out there. <laughs> We've both chosen golfs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have. Yeah. <laughs> People's car. Yeah, you did chase a Ford as well. Um, but anyway, look, that's, that's the end of today's episode. The end of the first... I, I'm going to call it season four. It's a weird time to start season four. It's at the end of a year, but heck, we're doing it. So uh, <laughs> I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Uh, as I say, welcome to uh, the new HQ, the new studio, if you are watching here on YouTube. Uh, if you're listening to us, thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you want to support this podcast, if you want to help us improve the studio, with a bit some of, sound, bit of soundproofing, me. some heating for Tony, <laughs> head over to patreon.com forward slash behind the glass and we'll be back with you for another episode next week. Adios, bye-bye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.